0: uh, Brian Klaus, Neutral Arbitrator, Mediator, Attorney Extraordinaire at Klaus ADR, Incorporated, located in Park Ridge, Illinois, and America's Heroes Group Advisory Board member. We also have with him Michael Pollard, a retired judge of Tucson City Court. Uh, today's discussion is Tucson's Veteran Treatment Court and how that impacts our veterans. Welcome, 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 Brian. And Michael, you want to lead us off, Ryden? Sure. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning. Uh, afternoon. Pardon me. Um, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's, it's hard it's, to tell with the snowstorm out there. <laughs>
1: yeah, I wouldn't know. So, oh. <laughs> and that's, that's why I'm really glad to have our guest today, yes, sir, which is Mike Pollard. And Mike recently retired from the bench in. Tucson City Court and Mike is one of the early people to embrace the alternative court movement. And he started with homeless court uh long time ago, expanded that to veterans court. And we're gonna I'm gonna ask Mike to explain it. But Mike has really done some some interesting work and I know the topic is outside of the city, but you hop on the interstate here, you're ten minutes out of town, you're in the middle of nowhere, Arizona. So, okay. the, yeah. the country is, is never very, and we're, and we're dotted with small little towns all around here. So, so Mike,
2: welcome. Glad you could join us today. All right. Am I on? Yes, you are. Okay. Yes, you are. Good afternoon. I, I would just point out, sir, that there's actually snow in Tucson, which happens about once every four years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was snowing here the other day, John, and I walked out in in shorts and a t shirt, and all the neighbors were in coffee coats and stuff, and you know I was running my them. Mike is uh, the nice thing about Mike is he's a uh, he is going to tell us freely uh, about the about this program. He's retired now; he's not beholden to anybody, but he's also just a a, a no baloney kind of guy and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bit of a humble guy, he's done great things with this program. So, um, Mike, would you mind telling us what the Vet Court here in Tucson is and why you started it? Because it's a great story.
2: Uh, I came back from Vietnam in uh, 1970, and uh, at that time, veterans were not exactly revered. As a matter of fact, what, but even my classmates in law school would tell me. We were here guarding the banks of the Santa Cruz. That for you, uh, Chicago folks, would be the same as guarding the banks of, the, of Lake Michigan and taking care of the women. And I used to get so aggravated that I would get into arguments. I finally gave up and just decided that I would just tell people I was on a vacation in Southeast Asia. Uh, what what prompted me? That that's what prompted me to start the program in uh, about <clears throat> nineteen. 19 Uh, in 1970, I I decided to start the program. I rounded up uh, Mm -hmm. a a person, Steve Cohen, from the uh, Veterans Administration here in Tucson and another lawyer. And I had to get permission. I called the presiding judge at that time and said, Judge, I want to set up a veterans court. And she said, what are you going to set up next, an unwed mother's court? (laughs) Ironically, I made a presentation about four years ago at a judge's conference, and I used to love that, tell that story about veterans court. And I told it that day, not realizing that that judge was in the courtroom. He stood up and said, I am that judge, and I have totally changed my mind. So basically, we started a program. So many of the veterans come back from their period of service, uh, the person they've left behind is running the family. There's a, diff- there's a difficulty in adjusting. They turn too many times to alcohol or drugs, wind up out of the house. And these young men and women who've never been arrested before get an offense like drinking in public or uh, disorderly conduct. And that offense could just have a devastating effect on their employability. So what we decided to do was to set up a program that would allow these veterans to participate in the program and have the charges dismissed. The program was uh, six months in length. Not only did it have legal meetings, but each veteran is assigned a mentor, someone who has served in the military before and has either participated in the program or is familiar with the program. We also asked offer housing, uh, employment, and all kinds of services. The, the, the most interesting part is that mentor just becomes an instrumental person in the, in the defendant's life. And it's so funny. When they come into court for the first time, I tell them that they have to have six hours of contact with their mentor each month, and we report on that at the meetings. They grumble and they moan. Nine times out of ten, when they come into the next meeting, they're arm-in-arm arm with the mentor, the mentor and they'd become friends. So the program has just been terrifically successful. Uh, we get referrals from other courts, from the VA, and just by getting the word out on the street that the veteran can, can, can come in and apply.
0: Well, wow, that's fantastic, you know um, you know a few things ran through my mind when you were saying that. First of all, I want to first by start by saying thank you for your service. Uh, the reason why I joined back in nineteen eighty four is the way that Vietnams were uh, veterans were mistreated. I just couldn't stand watching that. And I stayed in for 26 years, and I, I just really uh, applaud you for your service. And uh, the other thing is that, you know, great men keep their passion burning in retirement. And it sounds like you are dedicated to be an honorable person and helping our society. And I just have to thank you for that and your, your expertise. And so, you know, how, how do people get into this program? How do they find out about it? And is there a place they can go? well you you go to
2: the website which is uh, but more importantly most uh, are a significant number of them they're they're checking in at the va and the va questions them and the va then sends those people to us the other thing is we work with almost all the social service agencies the homeless groups and they send them to us they just all they have to do is send an email to, to the court saying that they want to participate in the veterans program. And then my, uh, my former judicial assistant, the now junior judicial assistant to the new judge, runs their name through the computer, pulls up any cases. And many times they don't have, as I said, they don't have a single case. And so they um, join the program. I should mention that one of the pivotal things in, the, in setting up the program. His buy-in from the prosecutor the prosecutor is the gatekeeper and the prosecutor has to uh, has to approve the person for participation they're very liberal about doing that and probably the biggest single area that we see is uh, domestic violence like I said they get back from from the deployment they they don't the, the, the family dynamic has changed and a lot of times they have difficulty adjusting. That results in domestic violence. Um, I might point out that probably one of my biggest issues is the domestic violence people are very strict about possession of weapons. And as we all know, in the military, your weapon is your <clears throat> your primary means of survival. So that that is an issue. But we've been able to really work around it. Uh, but mostly we get them through the VA, through social service agencies. And simply, uh, the police officers, I designed uh, a form on our, our traffic ticket citation, and it has three boxes that they can check. It says, uh, veteran, ask yes or no. And if they, if they check on the citation, yes, my clerk picks that up and contacts the veteran directly to make sure that to see and make sure that they want to participate in the program. And again, it goes into the court system. But Primarily we get them from the VA. The officers are really good if they arrest somebody on the street, they most of them do ask and check the box that if they're a veteran and if they are, they point them to, to the uh, veterans court.
0: Wow. You, you really thought this through. I think that is remarkable. That is really a great, great uh, advantage for our veterans uh, knowing that uh, the police officers you know, that they encounter, because many of our police, of, you know, many of the police officers are dealing, of course, with dangerous you know, situations every day, and we have to applaud them for what they do. Uh, but and, and many of our police officers are also veterans. <laughs> but, the, you know, when the veteran is, you know, having difficulties, like you were saying, you know, coming back from multiple deployments overseas, sometimes, it, you know, currently people are going in for three, four, five tours of duty. And when they come back, uh, it can be very um, very difficult for them to readjust to our society and and, um, what their normal way of life was. And uh, so it's good to know that you have this out there as a lifeline for them, uh, that they're not going down a path where they are, you know, ignored or unassisted.
2: And, And what's really interesting is most people know that they go to Afghanistan and Iraq, but the general public does not appreciate the fact And in those theaters of war, in Vietnam, we had a hooch, we had a rear area where we could go back and relax. Mm -hmm. Currently, the members of the armed forces, they're on on alert 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so it's not surprising that when they come back, and the military, the DOD does have an orientation program, but as I'm sure you know, when you're when you're a week from getting out, you probably don't pay the greatest attention to orientation programs. Yes, but yes, <laughs> that's one of the most difficult things, you know. People can't understand why they want to sit in the back of the room, why they jump when a door opens, and things of that nature. And so, that's one of the things that we've also tried to educate the public to through through our program and and just through general education. It's 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 not surprising that some of the incidents that happen do happen when you consider. You know, most of them come back. The state of Tennessee has best program. They've got a one-week program where they're they're given an opportunity to adjust to civilian life. But most of them, particularly those in the guard and reserve, they could they could come back on a Saturday and they're back in civilian. They're out of that military milieu and back in civilian life on Monday. And it's wow. not surprising that they have difficulty adapting. That's
0: right. Yeah, you know, and, and even for Vietnam and for the current war, you know, wars that we've had um, with Operation Iraqi Freedom, Enduring Freedom, you know, uh, it's unlike World War II where you had, you know, three months on a ship before you got back and you can at least have a, a time to acclimate. You know, I did a tour of duty, a couple of tours of duty in Iraq, and it was 24 hours before I was back home and on the street. (laughs) And it was just, uh, you know, a major change. uh, And that transition time, as you're saying, can be very uh, rapid and um, people just don't know what, you know, what to expect and how to deal with some of the the feelings they're having or the circumstances they went through when they were overseas.
2: Yeah, I don't know how you do it, but... I, I I was blessed when I, came back. I didn't want to be around people, period. Yes. And my yes. aunt had a ranch here outside of Tucson, and I went and stayed there because when I wasn't in school, I could go to the top of the hill and I couldn't see anybody for miles around. It yes. was perfect for me. Oh, yeah, you need that
0: downtime. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that, that's fantastic. So this
1: is an opportunity for for uh, me to jump in. And yes, one thing, a couple of things I wanted to tell you, um, uh, Dr. Arnold, is that this program works. Um, mm-hmm. I was a uh, I've been in Mike's courtroom. Uh, it's administered by the one of the legal clinics at the local law school. It's all for free. The mentors. You know, I've seen mentors who will go pick their person up and bring them to court and, and giving them the reality check when they're trying to tell somebody some baloney. And and I say this, uh, uh, Colonel Arnold, I don't think you know this. I was a prosecutor at 26th and Cal for more than a decade in the felony trial division. So I, I can see where the criminal justice system you know, it's really good at sending people to the penitentiary or finding people not guilty. It's not very good at coming up with solutions. And Mike's program is good at coming up with solutions hmm. that attend to all the various issues. Mike, if you could talk a little about all the agencies you get involved to address housing, employment, hmm. health, family relations, all, all these things. It's a tremendous program, Colonel.
0: Oh, great. You know, add some success stories to that, too, uh, Mike, because uh, if you can tell us a little bit about what, um, you know, Brian was just saying, uh, just give us a little bit more of a description of that, you know, the different programs available, and then how have you you seen this transform veterans' lives? That's really what gets to my heart when I see that happen. I had
2: a case uh, where the veteran, when he came into court, he was so belligerent and so obnoxious that we had to take him out of the court with court security. Hmm. After six months, he came into the court. He had on a suit. He had a job, and he had a stable relationship. Wow! I mean, <laughs> from a judge's standpoint, you can't, you can't, you can't say enough about the, the feeling that you've actually done something to to affect a person's life. But we use La Frontera, which is the local behavioral health agency. We use uh, Old Pueblo Community Services, another behavioral health agency. Because a lot of people have just, a lot of the veterans have just had it with the VA. So we can refer them uh, to Old Pueblo Community Services. Um, Those are the two biggest agencies. We have uh, an agency that works with them for, for homelessness, to find housing. That's a program here through the city. But, again, if you're the average person, you know, it's one thing to say here's this program. But what we do is primarily the mentor takes them by the hand and and leads them to the program, shows them how to fill out the – I mean, some of them haven't even filled out their forms for VA benefits, and the mentor helps them with all that to get it done and get it started. But uh, La Frontera, which is the Regional Behavioral Health Agency, and Old Pueblo Community Services are two primary uh, behavioral health uh, centers, and um, the mentor – the person from that social service agency is in court when the veteran comes to court and they come to court at least every month and sometimes every two weeks. And the mentor will say, uh, and what's particularly helpful to me, the mentor will say, well, he got his kids back, or he got visitation with his kids. And I can't tell you how critical it is for a judge to relate to that uh, young female service member and say, Oh, so I understand you got, I mean, they beam when, and the other thing is the, there are other veterans in the courtroom. And If somebody is yes, yes. effing up, the other veterans in the courtroom say, "Hey, man, you know mm-hmm. you can do this, you can yeah. do it better," and they really provide them with the incentive to complete the program successfully. So, oh, it's just it's a great, a great situation all the way around. But the situation with the guy, mm-hmm. I mean, he was so obnoxious. We thought we we're gonna. I thought I was gonna have to put him in jail. Oh boy, yet, that's six a... months. <laughs> six months later, he was. He was one of our star pupils.
0: It, you know, made me think about Superman—the change uh, that he does. <laughs> but, you know, uh, and it's—you it's, know—that's a dramatic change. Six months for someone to uh, transform their lives in that way. But is there—is um, there a website we can go to or a telephone number? Because uh, we're running really low on time. But we have got to have you back. You are this phenomenal uh, judge, Pollard. I—I <laughs> I
2: don't have it right in front of me, but I can. Uh, I'll send it to to Brian, and he can send it to you. Okay,
0: sure. We'll post it on our website. And
2: get that up there for no, you. I mean, you. You go. You go to the city website, and then you go to Veterans Court. But I'll send the information to Brian.
0: Oh, perfect, perfect. And Brian Klaus, you are an advisory board board member extraordinaire. We are so honored to have you on this board. Um, and I'm looking for. Thank you, Colonel. And I'm looking so
1: forward to getting Mike back. He's just a wealth of info on an important topic that not a lot of people know about, and it's how to assist vets who get caught up in the criminal justice system.
0: Yes, and great well, men bring I, I, bring their passion into their retirement. I love this. <laughs>
2: I, I have to take one jab. Which branch of the service were you in? Oh, I'm in the army. <laughs> well, the Marine Corps is the only, is the only branch. The rest are uh, is the only branch. The rest are just limbs.
0: Oh, this leaves okay. <laughs> hey,
2: that, that, that,
1: okay, that's okay, Colonel. He, he was a Marine. You, could, you have to. use I, no I, word. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very, very good. Thank you for your service again, and thank both of you. We're going to go to a commercial break, uh, and we're going on to our next segment, but we will have you back on, Brian and Michael. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit AmericasHG.org.